InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Many people find insects annoying and invasive, but an expert says humans couldn't exist without insects, yet their population is declining. With more, here's InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. One scientific study estimates that 40% of insect species are vulnerable to extinction. While some of us may feel insects are nothing more than annoying, humans actually rely a great deal on insects. Now, scientists have banded together to provide all of us a set of steps to help save insect populations. Joining us now to explain it all is entomologist Dr. Akito Kawahara, associate curator at the Florida Museum of Natural History's McGuire Center for Lepidoptera and Biodiversity. Dr. Kawahara, the U.S. Department of Agriculture reports pollinators like bees and other insects are responsible for one in three bites of food we eat. Can you characterize the importance of insects? Yes, insects are extremely important to everything that we do. One estimate came out that in the United States alone, about $70 billion is benefited to the U.S. economy. And a lot of this comes from several species of insects in particular, but there's lots of other insects that we know are contributing and helping our lifestyle. And if it weren't for insects, we definitely wouldn't be living the way we do. I mean, if you think about just food alone, things like apples, oranges, broccoli, cabbage, cherries, eggplants, pumpkins, strawberries, cucumbers, it goes on and on. All of these things rely on insect pollination. And even things like herbs, like cinnamon and things like garlic, and mustard and basil, even our coffee relies on insects. And oils, like sunflower oil and canola oil that we use regularly, also requires insect pollination. So insects are really, really fundamentally important. Doesn't feed for animals also rely on pollination? Yes, there's certain feeds that require insect pollination to provide the food that's necessary for livestock. That's correct. And what are some of the threats to insect survival? Right now, there's a lot going on in the world in terms of the environment, and one of the big ones is climate change. We know that this past year in Siberia, for example, temperatures rose to over 100 degrees, which has never happened in the past ever. So we know that the world is becoming hotter. Insects are really feeling that effect as their distributions are changing. The times of the plants that they rely on are coming out at different times of the year, so they don't have the food that they need. Of course, habitat loss, the simple fact that we are developing more and removing the natural forest that they need also is affecting insect numbers. And also things like light pollution, the fact that we have lots of lights on now at night. Many, many insects are active at night and they're affected by that. And things like pesticides and herbicides also have a significant impact. And aren't insects susceptible to invasive species? Yes, they are. Invasive species cause lots of problems as well. Due to a lot of human movement uh, around the world and shipping containers and stuff, packages and everything moving around, now uh, lots of insects are being transported around. And what happens is when these new insects come to new places, many of them aren't able to survive, but some of them are. And when they are able to survive, that creates a local major problem because the native insects oftentimes get pushed out because a new insect comes in or this new insect ends up feeding on other insects and killing them off and so forth. So lots of problems arise when alien species come in. Now, you and collaborators have some suggestions to help insects. First of all, do not mow your entire lawn? 
Yes, we suggest eight things that we think would be very useful for everybody to help contribute to some degree. Mowing the lawn is actually something that we perceive as it being a beautiful landscape. But in reality, when you think of it from an insect's perspective or a natural perspective of wildlife, it's a desert. It doesn't really help natives at all. And so we suggested something like 5 to 10% of your lawn. If you could create just a little habitat somewhere even in the corner, a natural habitat, so you just kind of let the natural growth take over in a little corner of your lawn, and you don't have to do anything to it. You just kind of let it go. And that little patch of land will create a stepping stone for insects and other kinds of animals, like native birds will start to come in. You'll see all these kinds of new things happening in that new little patch of space. And if many people do this, it will create corridors. So then insects and other animals like birds and bats and things and other animals that need these sort of stepping stones or these places to hop around in will benefit. We're visiting with Dr. Akito Kawahara, Associate Curator at the Florida Museum of Natural History's McGuire Center for Lepidoptera and Biodiversity. Our topic is helping insects flourish to protect our food supply and more. Now, a lot of people have decorative lights, and you mentioned this, outside their homes at night, but why can these be a problem for insects? A lot of the nocturnal insects are very sensitive to light. And a lot of the traditional lights that we have used in front of our houses, like on our porch lights and so forth, have a pretty broad wavelength, meaning that the light spectrum goes sometimes into the UV range. And these UV-type lights are very sensitive to insects, and they become attracted to the lights. And that is what causes the problem, and the insects tend to respond to those lights. And that's why you see moths and other insects in front of your porch light at night or in the morning. So instead of white lights, are certain colors a little bit better for the insects? Yes, if you move towards red lights, redder light spectra are much better, and these are actually available already. A lot of countries in Europe have already shifted their public lights, like on streets and stuff, so they're more sort of yellowish or reddish lights, and they're away from the UV-type spectra. Something we might not think of, soaps used when we wash our car or the outside of our building, what does that do to insects? Right. We oftentimes don't think about the soaps and other things that we're using to clean our exteriors. And the problem is the water runs off, and oftentimes this runoff doesn't just go into the drain and into the sewage system, but it goes into the soil. And that creates a problem because a lot of these traditional compounds that are in these cleaning soaps have a detrimental effect not only to insects, but to all kinds of other animals that live in the soil and also in streams. Lots of streams where the water eventually goes into is a huge important harbor of insects and fish that live in the rivers require these insects. Now some insects can be dangerous like mosquitoes carrying diseases, yellow fever, zika, malaria, but we do have to balance concerns for our health and safety with concerns for pollinators, don't we? That's a very good point. Yes, we do have to balance this, and this is a sort of a tricky point. But if we think about mosquitoes, there's only a few species. There's actually 3,000 species or more of mosquitoes on the planet, and only a few of them are really known to vector diseases for human beings. We now know that there are mosquitoes out there that pollinate. I have a colleague of mine who found mosquitoes pollinating their mango tree. And so mosquitoes aren't all these negative insects that we oftentimes think of. And so I think we need to be more open to the idea that, sure, there are some species out there that can harm human beings, but the majority of them actually are not harmful and they're beneficial to the world. 
in some way or other, and in many cases even positive, like things like mosquitoes pollinating. Dr. Ikito Kawahara, Associate Curator at the Florida Museum of Natural History's McGuire Center for Lepidoptera and Biodiversity. I want to thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.